Welcome back to the Mailright Show. We are super excited today to have with us for the third time, Ricky Caruth. We, John and I just think that what Ricky is doing is so cool and so good. We, we, we basically ask him to come on the show as frequently as, as he can manage with his incredibly busy schedule which he was just talking about. But we know that, uh, Ricky, uh, we've been very blessed. Our show has been growing tremendously on its own as well. So there are a lot of new listeners and viewers that may not know who, who you are. Um, so if you do us a favor, it, have I already said it's episode 280, John? No, you didn't. Okay, it's episode 280. We're here with Ricky Carruth. Go ahead and introduce yourself for those people that don't know who you are. Yeah, cool. Thanks for having me again, guys. Always a fun time. So, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm in Alabama. Okay. Right on the beach and, uh, I'll be 40 this year. I got in real estate when I was 20. Uh, I've been selling real estate ever since. And, uh, it's been a roller coaster, you know, rode the ups and the downs and made a bunch of money, lost a bunch of money, you know, slept in my car a couple nights, ate out of people's refrigerators, roofed a lot of houses, worked on an oil rig, right? Read a hundred books. And uh, I fought my way back to becoming the top number one REMAX agent in Alabama three different years. I've closed a hundred deals a year since 2014 and uh, still going, still selling. And that's as a single agent. I uh, don't have a team or buyer's agents, listing agents, just me and one assistant. And uh, three, four years ago, I wrote two books. I wanted to share a little bit about my journey with the rest of the world. Started coaching for free. I have 40,000 agents around the world in my coaching program. And um, I'm just enjoying uh, both sides of it at this point. You know, the, the, uh, the personal brand that I built in my local market to, uh, to continue to crush it in my real estate business, my personal real estate business, and share how I did that with other agents around the world. So that's kind of where I am at this point. It's a really good place to be, to be honest with you. So it's uh, it's a lot of hard work, right? I've worked harder and harder and harder every year. Every year I've worked harder. So it's no different so far this year. And, um, you know, I'm just enjoying, as one of you said before we started, growing this empire, you know? So kind of brings us to today, man. And all all that just, you know, fate and destiny and everything put together just brought me right here to the Mailwright Show once again. <laughs> That's brilliant. All right. My my amazing co-host Jonathan is a rock star in his own right. He's a WordPress website developer who has decided, fortunately for all of you listening, to spend some of his precious time and effort building a tool for real estate agents to help them get more leads. So, John, with that, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself for the people that are just tuning in for the first time? Oh, just before that, I just want to say, Ricky, thanks for agreeing to come on the show. You're such a beast. A beast. Uh, um, so, Mailwright. Uh, well, Mailwright is a platform. It uses the power of Facebook and video advertising to get leads for you, quality leads for your for you and your business. And it's much, much more than that. More than I could go in with a quick intro. But if that sounds interesting, go to the Mailwright website and book a free demo, and it will be me showing the power of the platform to you. My name is Robert Newman. I'm your fearless uh, navigator for this podcast, and I am an SEO guy, which is just search engine optimization, which in the world that we live in today just means I know how fucking Google works. Oh, God, I always do that, John. Sorry. 
I know how Google works. My bad. Now we have to put the little explicit tag or you have to edit me out. Okay. Okay. Anyway, so what we're going to talk about today, um, and we're going to kind of, we're doing a real free form because we've done three shows with Ricky. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the state of the market that we're in. Now, Ricky has done a lot of content on his own channels recently, which John has been tuned into. Um, And maybe we're going to drift into some of that content. But Ricky, I kind of want to open end it to you because you started talking before we went live. You were just saying, hey, it's a really interesting market that we're in right now. That was your the language that you used. What if if I might ask you, what what were you what do you mean by that? You were saying I think something about inventory and well, man, uh let me dive into it, bro. So yeah. Right now, every buyer is competing against eight other buyers, right? Mm-hmm. And no owner wants to list their property because there's nothing to buy. There's nothing to replace what they have, okay? And if they were to list it today, they're scared that they might leave money on the table since the market's moving upward so fast, okay, because of the lack of inventory. So we're in this really interesting market where Uh, you know, it's really tough to represent a buyer that's competing against eight other buyers on the same property and trying to get listings in a market where nobody wants to list their property. Okay. Now I'm not stereotyping the market that nothing's happening because if you look on MLS, there's tons and tons and tons of closings happening every single day. I'm just saying that the market is very tight and the effort per transaction right now is at an all time high. Okay. Effort per transaction especially for newer agents who don't have their their foundation established in the market and their personal brand uh, matured, if you will. So that's what I mean about the interesting market. It really feels like 2003 all over again in terms of the amount of demand and how quickly listings sell. There's a couple of big differences. One is prices are already really high right now compared to where we started in 2003, Whereas we were at the very bottom end of prices and we had a lot of room to grow and price-wise. I still think we have a lot of room to grow from the point that we are now, but how high can it really go? That's the question. Um, back then, the reason why prices doubled in two years is because there were no re- uh, regulatory, there, were, there was no regulation on lending, right? You could walk into a bank, you didn't have to uh, document your income. Uh, right. You could put whatever you wanted on your application, And then the banker's best friend appraiser goes out and appraises the property for whatever they wanted to appraise it for. Now there's all kinds of regulations on documenting your income and you have to go through third party, uh, third party vendors to set up the appraisals. The bankers can't even talk to the appraisers anymore. So there's a lot of regulations on the lending side that is really different than what it was in 2003. Okay. In 2003, it was easy to get listings because prices were going up so fast, faster than they are now. And it was easy to find somebody who wanted to make 100000 a day or make 150000 or make 50000 So it was right. easier. It was easier um, to get listings. Um, so, uh, and furthermore, the buyers right now, the buyers buying in today's market, for the most part, are all end users. They're buying the house to live in for a long time. They're investing in the house to to buy and hold it and rent it out for a long time. Hardly anybody is buying to flip. Now, that was more so true last year than it is this year. Now I'm starting to see a little bit of flipping going on in the market. Just a little bit, not a lot. As that 
speculatory buying increases, okay, that's where the bubble starts to build. And if you have a market where there's a lot of speculative buying going on and hopes to flip the properties really quickly, once the rug gets pulled out from under them, all those buyers go away and everybody loses everything. And the whole thing crashes and burns. So I think, I think if, you, if you ask my opinion on the state of the market, I think we're in a very healthy market, a very stable market with a great foundation of great fundamentals. I think that we are in the beginning stages of a possible bubble starting to build, but I think we're on the front end of it. I think that we're I think that we're fixing to go on one of the largest real estate runs we've ever seen. I think it's going to be an incredible run and I'm I'm along for the ride and I know how this story ends, okay? I've been through <laughs> I've, I've been through this a couple times. I know exactly how this story ends. And um, it's really good to be in my position where you have actually experienced uh, this same story play out time and time again, where I can actually sit back and I can play chess with this situation and put all my pawns in position to really capitalize all the way up and all the way down. So that's what I mean by interesting market. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna steal a little bit of John's thunder, which I do occasionally. But but you've been having we we are John and I are really lucky because you are such a prolific producer of digital content that oftentimes we don't really have to ask you what exactly you're doing in digital in the digital arena because you're publishing so much. As you already said, you're you're always doing something. But you just did a couple of pieces. And uh, John, you remember the titles? What were the titles of those pieces? Help me out. Oh, I just uh, I just want to re- quickly ask Ricky a question before we do that, if you mm-hmm. don't mind, Robert. So, in some ways, I totally agree with you, Ricky. But how long do you think this this I'll call it a bull market this this run? How long do you think it can go? Like two, three, four years before the final outcome, as you remarked. You never know, ma'am. You never really do know. Um, if it's anything like 2003, that one lasted two years, right? By 2005, the market was starting to come down and and starting to lose some steam. Um, so you, you never know. I mean, it that is unpredicted that you nobody can tell you how long that's going to last. If I really had to put my finger on it, you'd like back me into a corner and said, how long? You know, tell me something then I would say two years if I had to put a number on it. But it could be six months. It could be five years. You don't know. Yeah, that's just what I'd answer. And to answer your question, Robert, um, your last video for realtors in today's market, I think we probably covered some of that territory. And then the other video that took my eye was 10 reasons why real estate agents fail, Robert. Um, I would. I think I'd... I think I'd like to talk about that a little bit, but but I have a question, Ricky, because as you've already pointed out, you're you're saying effectively new agents without systems in place are going to work hard, and you're already saying that the market itself is is forcing even veterans like yourself to work much harder on the deals that you're doing. So let's actually take that 10 reasons why realtors fail instead of say, if you're a new realtor and you're looking at all this extra work, why do you think, what, what would be the warning signs for you inside? Like you're looking at that new realtor, what would you tell that new guy and saying, you know what, we're in a really weird market right now. And then you give them a couple pieces of advice. What would that be? Well, here's the thing. Here's a couple things to say about that. 
right? So number one, it's not hard for a guy like me, okay? Here's why. Because I understand what the Googles, Facebooks, Apples, Amazon, Zillows of the world are doing, right? Mm -hmm. They're all after one thing, data, okay? It's a drug. They're addicted. They can't get enough, okay? They're lo they'll lose money every month, every quarter, every year because they'll take their revenue and put it towards buying more data. Like they don't, they're not even trying to make money anymore. They just want more data. They're an addict, right? And so what you have to do is you have to think of your real estate business the same way, at just a smaller scale. We need, we need to learn from these large corporations that are crushing it because they own all the data and understand that our real estate agent businesses need to be the exact same way. We need to collect as much data as possible. The reason why it's not hard for me it's because I spent 15 years as a data collector, right? A data collector first and a real estate agent second. Through my journey of trying to collect the most data in the market, I closed tons of deals. But at the end of the day, I create a database that I live off of now that produces 100 deals a year through past clients' referrals and referrals of referrals because I built my brand using the data that I collected over the years. So if you think of yourself as a data collector first and a real estate agent second and look at the big picture, that after you collect enough data, you don't have to make calls anymore. You don't have to do Facebook ads. You don't have to do anything because you have all the data. You have the prize of the data and you have a way that you stay in touch and in front of everyone in that database. Okay, it's a base of data. Then, then you, you can literally live. So since I own all the data and the market is tightened up, sellers that want to sell in this market, the ones that wow. actually do, who are they going to call? They're going to call me. And so I just have people calling me. And what's happening with the <laughs> listings? They, they sell in one hour, okay? Um, now, what's going to happen when the pendulum swings the other way and prices come down, demand comes down, inventory goes up? What's going to happen? Now, the investor buyers that are laying dormant right now in my database will come out the woodworks. And who are they going to call? Ricky, hey, I want to buy all these great deals that are on the market right now. So when you own the data of the market, you own the entire market. It doesn't matter what the market does. As long as these people know who you are and you built a brand around being a hard worker, uh, honest, dependable professional, right? You've used it the right way and built your brand the right way. Then it doesn't matter what the market does. You own the market, okay? So, so understand that the effort per transaction is at an all-time high for people getting into the market. But another statistic, Effort per new relationship created and uh -huh. data contact created is, is the same as it's always been, right? Effort per transaction, all-time high. Effort per new relationship, new friendship, new contact, same as it's always been. So, so, so the goal needs to be how many friends can we make in the market and collect their data? That's what's going to create this scenario where you win, right, and put you in a position where you crush the market regardless of what happens. So... So that's the first thing I want to say as far as it's, a, it, it, you know, it, it, when you own the data, your effort per transaction pretty much stays the same no matter what the market does, right? But here's, right. here's the difference. There's a lot of salespeople out there that aren't collecting data. And that's where I see a lot of people struggling is when you're in the sales business, you got to go out there and sell again. Then you got to go out there and sell again. Then after that, sell, sell again. If you're in the data collection, personal branding business, it looks the same in the first couple of years because you're out there hustling and bustling and talking to people. But after three to five years, you're, you're, the two businesses look completely different. The personal brander, you know, he's an autopilot. 
right? But the sales guy that's not collecting data, that's just trying to do deal after deal, he's still out there and he still has to hustle and bustle for every single deal. So it depends on how you look at it. Right. Oh, I thought we need to go for a break, actually, Robert. And um, when we come back, I'll, I'll wait for your remark on that, Robert. Sounds good. All right. Uh, we'll be back in a moment. Do you want quality leads from homeowners and buyers right in your own neighborhood? Then you need MailRite. It is a powerful but easy-to-use online marketing system that uses Facebook to generate real estate leads at a fraction of the cost you'd pay from our competition. We stand behind our work with a no-question-asked 30-day money-back guarantee. So don't delay. Get started today. Go to mail-right.com. Welcome back to episode number 280. We are lucky enough to have Ricky Carruth with us. Every time that we have him on the show, Ricky has got a bigger audience of his own into a zero to diamond coaching program. I highly recommend that anybody listening to the show or watching the show, go check it out. It's why we keep asking him back over and over again. So having said that, my only comment, John, which was going to be very similar to the one I just made, which is this. Um, I feel like Ricky's raising a lot of questions about like how would one collect data from clients? What is a good process? But guess what? We don't actually have to ask him that question on the show because Ricky has a YouTube channel that he has explained every single one of these details in in depth. Am I am I right, Ricky? Like you've got all these, you've got you've got episodes where you're actually going out and doing it yourself. You've got episodes where you explain the fundamentals. Am I correct? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Everything is all there, man. It's all and it's all completely free, right? And it takes you into the depths of my brain. Okay, like it takes you all the way there. All right, everything. There's no holding back. It's not, you know. There's not like, oh, but wait, there's more if you pay nine ninety nine, right? Three payments. Um, no, it's I, I lay it all out there um, for you. And if somebody has a question, or if there was something I didn't cover, or or something that you feel like you still need, just DM me. Right, I answer all my Instagram messages. So if somebody needs something from me, I'm very easy to get a hold of. That's brilliant. So let's stick to um, some of the higher level stuff, because I know that, so for those of you listening, you who don't know this, who are being introduced to Ricky for the first time, he is a big uh, telephone circle prospector. There's probably many other things that you do, Ricky. I'm not trying to put you in a box, but but that's certainly something that I personally have watched a lot of your videos of you doing. I've seen you doing it. So that's his way or it was his way of establishing all the success that you're hearing him talk about is getting on the phone, calling people, building up a sphere of influence, and then marketing to that sphere, getting referrals, so on and so forth. Now, one of the things that we've talked about briefly in some of these past conversations is tools. John and I met each other and developed a relationship talking a little bit about databases. I am somewhat curious because you're, you're staying in front of these people somehow. What tools are you using to, let's say, how, I don't know, what is your sphere? You have a few thousand people at least by this point, right? I've got 12,000 people in my market that get a weekly email every single Wednesday since 2007. So, of course, it didn't start out at 12,000, you know, it started out at one. And I think by 2000, I look back in my notes, I think by like 2016 or so, it was up to like 8,500 you know, and it's slowly creeped up and I'm around 12,000 now. Uh, open rates are 22 to 27% on average. 
What's more interesting is the people who don't open it that see it in their inbox every week who aren't interested that become interested two years later and then start opening it up for three weeks in a row and then call me, right? So people look too, people look too much too deep into open rates. They look too deep in engagement rates on social media and they're not putting enough weight on just the pure impressions of the people who actually saw the email in their inbox or saw the post online on social media that means something like you can't just write off an impression just because they didn't double click it or hit the like button doesn't mean that it doesn't mean anything. And they didn't see that you're working hard or doing anything productive. So um, you have to take all that into consideration with any kind of digital marketing, you know, how many impressions did we have? Sure. Let's look at the metrics of what, how many opens, how many likes, what the engagement is and all that. That's all important too, but how many people actually saw it and is it good content, you know? So Let's yeah, talk absolutely. about that for, for a second, if you don't mind, because good content. You're saying you sent out this this newsletter for for forever, really, for every week. Are you writing it or do you have somebody else write it for you? Well, that's that's the secret sauce to it, right? Because everybody knows that it's a bulk email, okay? But the thing that makes it work is the fact that you actually write it yourself and give your two cents on stuff. And that's what makes it seem authentic and genuine. And they feel a little sense of your personality within the content. And that's what makes them feel like uh, that, that they, they gives them that personal touch and they really feel a little more connected to you than a lot of this generic uh, content that, you know, that is put out there or letting someone else write these, you know, this content or post for you online and stuff like that. Um, you know, I mean, no, nobody cares about how to cook shrimp etouffee. Okay. Nobody wants to know what color to paint your walls in the fall or attend by your tips in the spring to make sure you, you know, get the best deal. Um, or what the national statistics are. Nobody cares about what, what the national statistics are. Okay. They want to know local market stats, new listings, things happening in your area, new restaurants in your area, listings of the month, what you think are good deals, what you think about the market, the a story about you going to this new restaurant and how you love the shrimp etouffee. That's the shrimp etouffee story they want to hear. How much you like the shrimp etouffee at the new restaurant downtown. That's brilliant. John, I I, I know you are a database king. So you got to, I, I figure you got to have something queued up or a question or a thought. No, I'm just mesmerized by Ricky. You know, when he, um, he just kind of, you know, I'm just mesmerized because, like I say, he's just a beast, you know. Uh, um, and I, that's the English term, and it, it's, a, it's a good term. It just means he's at the top of his game. What I love about you, Ricky, is there's a lot, um, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of so-called experts online and they yeah. make things so sound so complicated. Yeah. So when you look at their videos, you listen to their content, you think, oh, I don't know. Uh, but you explain things so clearly. Yeah. That it, it's totally understandable. It's it's not jet science, is it? You know. No. So yeah, man. I'm I'm glad you you go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. So so. I, like the marketing statistics thing, Ricky, man, it is my jam. So so for everybody listening to the show, because Ricky did say some really simple things, but he, he pointed out something that I don't think a lot of our listeners was 
would intuitively recognize the value. The average open rate for a real estate agent for their emails is 7%. Ricky in his saying 22% of the people open my emails, he is already saying I have a 300% better engagement rate on my emails than the average real estate agent. He then went on to tell all of you exactly how he's doing it, which I think is the brilliant part about that, which is being real, giving your thoughts on the market, giving your real thoughts on the shrimp. Though, Ricky, I do have to ask you a question, man. How do you have time to go out and try these new restaurants? You're too fucking, <laughs> you're too busy. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Uh, I hadn't really been to a restaurant in quite a while, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, nah, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it's absolutely true. And I didn't know the statistic of 7%. Um, you know, open rates for the average real estate agent. And that does go to show you that the average real estate agent is doing generic content. They're not putting any time or effort into it. The thing, the thing, the the reason my email wins is because I put time and effort into it. You have to put time and effort into stuff if you expect it to work. Now, if you put a machine in place and you put time and effort into a machine, a system, you know, and 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 you you've you've got it well oiled and it's efficient and you feel like you can just send it out there and it works well, you know, there are, there are things you can systematically do, but this isn't one of them, okay? This is not one of them. Your social media channels are not one of them, okay? It's got to fit. They have to have that personal feel that it's really you, and it's really, they, they want to feel like they have an inside connection on the market, an inside scoop, and since you're the professional out there showing properties, you hear what the buyers are saying in today's world, you know what they like, you know, you're watching the market. So you know what's selling and how fast things are moving. They want to, they want to know what's in your brain in terms of what's going on with the market, what buyers are saying. And when you can give your opinions and tell little stories about that, they feel like they're getting this inside connection to the market that nobody else really has, except for whoever's getting that email. Um, you know, so that's what wins. That's what wins on social media. That's what wins on, listen, my weekly email is social media. It's, it's a platform that I have a following that I put original, consistent content out on. Okay. So to me, it's a media outlet and a media outlet is social media. So I just got some quick, quick question about that. Now, obviously your YouTube channel, you're using it in a way to market to other realtors to offer your knowledge to them. But if you were if you were just like in your second year, would would you use how would you be using video though the most effective to build that local brand, Ricky? I don't know. You know, it's when I started in real estate, there was no social media. YouTube wasn't even around. Facebook wasn't around. Zilla wasn't around. Uh, we didn't even we couldn't even do video on a phone. We had a not even a flip phone. It was like a brick. Um, so. You know, it, all this stuff was non-existent when I was coming up. Um, now that it's here and I basically ignored it throughout my whole real estate career and picked it up when I started my coaching business. Yeah. Um, looking back from everything that I've learned from building the coaching business on the back of video and podcast and social media, um, to me, um, you know, I, I've thought about this a million different ways, but... I think that if you do the same thing I'm doing in my weekly email on video, show new restaurants, uh, 
show, you know, great deals, great listings, mix it up, right? Um, and show a little bit of your personality in these videos. Don't be stiff, be loose, be relaxed, be yourself. And, um, and put it on Facebook, put it on Instagram, put it on all the platforms, even LinkedIn. But I think what people should do is make lots of these videos and run some ads with these videos, not necessarily to do anything except for just I would love it if every if every person in my market, every homeowner in my market was saying, man, I'm getting tired of seeing Ricky's videos, right? Like if I could run ads for like six months to a year, like one that's my bio, me walking on the beach, and like I am sick of seeing Ricky walk on the beach. And one where I'm eating some shrimp etouffee at the new, new restaurant, like I don't care about Ricky eating shrimp etouffee. That's what I want people to say, right? <laughs> to get to the point where... <laughs> They're tired of seeing me, you know, eat a quiche and walk on the beach. So, yeah, I just I think I would create the video and create the content and put it everywhere and run. I've run several of them as ads and just keep making videos. You know, um, for me, you mentioned calling. You know, calling, cold calling. Right. You know, I. That is my primary you know, method, let's say, but, but my, my entire, the core of my coaching business is not cold calling. It's actually how to communicate who you are as a person to your prospects, regardless if they're Zillow leads, Facebook leads, sphere of influence, referrals, um, for sale by owners, expire, circle prospecting, random people in the streets, whoever it is, I want agents to be able to communicate who they are as, as, as people who care about people, because right now in the in the coaching world, uh, like Jonathan said, there's a lot of coaches making things seem super complicated because they want you to pay for something so to uncomplicate it. It's like here, it's so complicated, and if you'll just pay me this money, I can uncomplicate everything. Whereas the reason everything so sounds so simple when I say it is because it really is simple, and I'm not, I'm not charging anything, so I can go ahead and just tell you. But the problem is the training scripts right are designed to try to figure out what the prospect can do for the agent. And it's not who we are as people. We're actually, we, we are like agents want to help. Most agents are want to genuinely help people, but the scripts they've been taught and the coaching they've been taught when they get out there and talk to, to clients and customers, it sounds like they're just after money. It sounds like they're just after deal, just trying to help themselves. but that's not who they are. And so I'm trying to reverse the psychology of how agents communicate Okay, I'm trying to reverse it to a place where we're really trying to let the prospects know that we're here for them, right? We're here for them, not for us. We're not trying to get them to do something so we can make money. We want to help them do whatever they're trying to do. And the fact is, closings happen every day forever. And every human in your market is a lead, not just somebody that clicked on an ad or you bought for $100. Every human in your market is a lead. They're going to buy or sell something at some point. And they're going to refer tons of people to somebody. Right. And so it all comes back to this one word. I keep saying data. Who has the data? Right. I think that's great. We need to wrap up the podcast part of the show, um, Robert, and hopefully R Ricky will stay on for some bonus content. Ricky, you down? Yeah. All right. Lovely. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to come back for 10 minutes and uh, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about the psychology of sales. Actually, if John, I'm going to ask you that you humor both me and Ricky, because I, I want to drift deeper into that with Ricky, because uh, our philosophies are the same. And I just want to 
I want to have a conversation about that. So without any further ado, for those people who are just tuned into the podcast, once again, Ricky, if somebody was to want to reach out to you or follow you or do whatever, how would they go about doing that? Just search Ricky Carruth anywhere in the world, man, (laughs) on any platform. Just put in Ricky and then C, and I'm sure it'll finish my last name and you just click the button and you're there, right? But I answer every single Instagram message. That's the best place to get me if you want to actually communicate one-on-one. Um, YouTube, there's over a thousand videos there for you to go watch. Um, if you watch all of them, I'll give you a dollar. And, uh, <laughs> you know, zero to diamond.com. That's where the free coaching program is. So it's all there guys. You know, anything I could do to help you. I drop a podcast every single day, seven days a week. So every morning there's a 30 minute podcast there every single day, uh, with tons of motivation and great tips and everything under the sun. Lovely. There, All right, there we go, Robert. We need to do we need to do a podcast every day, Robert. Okay then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, y'all are slacking, man. Y'all are slacking. Yeah. Where's my slacking? I'm not ashamed of this. Ricky's working harder than I want to. Full stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, John, if somebody wanted to find you or, or you were going to direct them somewhere, how would you? How would yeah, you Ricky, Ricky's always got the ability to make me feel that I'm not. I always thought I was a pretty hard worker until I met Ricky. <laughs> yeah, maybe he always makes me. He always makes me look like uh, I'm not really working that hard. But uh, um, I don't know how you manage that, Ricky. Um, if you want to. If you want to find out more about Mel Wright, go to mel-right.com. There's a load of interviews with people like Ricky that give you real insight. And um, we're really moving on with the Mel Wright system, and I think it's great value, and we'd love you to come on board and be part of the tribe. Over to you, Robert. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, listen, I know a lot of you tune in and, and have followed me because I, very similar to Ricky, have a huge platform. And uh, I think that both of these guys, John and Ricky, are amazing. I strongly recommend that you follow them, uh, each one of them, for all the things that they do. They're providing tons of value. If for some reason, though, you're just interested in being introduced to me, you can go learn more about me at inboundrem.com. And without any further ado, we're going to move on to the video section. We deeply appreciate your patronage. And if you do us a favor and leave us a review on Apple iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it.